everyone, Brother Worlds, Josh Norris here for the final podcast of Week 10 edition, if you missed out. Ray Summerlin had the Thursday episode with Nick Menzio, obviously the notable sits and the most important starts, and then Rich Rebar with the worksheet slash the Bible each week. Um, it's a really good podcast. Check it out. It's good up until Sunday. Um, and if you have not, rate and review the podcast, especially because of the person I have on the other line right now, which is the first guest, Evan Silva, is about to dish out the most prized commodity in fantasy football podcast circles right now, Evan. This has been talked about, actually. Um, Evan's saying, Evan, this surprises me. You don't hand out compliments very often? Is that true? Uh, yeah, in the interest of this podcast, I guess I will claim to not. No, but, but I was talking about this while actually Ray and Nick were talking about this and I started thinking about it. Like I've received a compliment from you or two once in a while, but Ray and Nick said they've never received one. Maybe they need to rate and review and let Evan, let's go to our first one. I give Ray compliments constantly and I, but I never compliment Nick because he's my little cousin and I'm never going to give him a compliment. Well, Mayan Warrior left a five-star review, and it's a really good uh, comment on it, and I need to read it. Roto World is the 2016 David Johnson to other fantasy football podcasts, Todd Gurley. They've got the size, the speed. Evan, I think you bring the size. Um, I probably bring the speed and the supporting cast. I'm guessing that's Roto Pat to get you 100 yards from scrimmage week in and week out. Great season-long DFS content, yada, 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 A++++. What do you think about Mind Warrior, Evan? Quicker than fast. Okay. Is he a first, receiver? First guy to the facility, last guy to leave. Sounds like a gym rat. Sounds like a gym rat. Yeah, um, drink, drinks a lot of Diet Coke up, up late at night. <laughs> working, because he's always working. Exactly. What Work, uh, working man? What about blood in, blood out? Five star review. One of Ooh. the one of the worst out there. But that doesn't make any sense. Rich Rebar and Pat Doherty love Lance Kendricks, and the co co host almost as well as Tim McCarver. Five stars. Keep up the good work. I don't. That was completely contradictory. Evan set blood in, blood out straight. The kind of guy that you do not want to mess with at the bar. You know, wow. Because. He's got a lot of, you know, he, he's got a lot of, uh, he packs a punch, a lot, lot, lot of stripes on the wall, you know, a lot of, got it. A, lot, a lot of belts or a lot of, a lot of things on the belt. Got you it. Know? Got it. Might've been a boy scout or something then, right? Don't they have badges? Anyways, let, uh, later on is, is Roto Pat, uh, with his rankings, but obviously Evan's matchup column is up on Roto world right now. You can check it out. Uh, it is, I would, I would call it thorough. Evan. That's that's the word I would use. Um, every fantasy relevant player out there, Evan has written something on. Let's put it that way. Uh, first up, let's start with the lone running back we're going to discuss, Evan. That is Devontae Freeman, my guy, on the road, going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think about Devontae Freeman this week? I like him as a play, and I think he's going to have very, very little daily fantasy ownership. Um, I think that people will pay up for David Johnson um, and pay up for Melvin Gordon or Le'Veon Bell, or they will go David Johnson and someone real cheap, like maybe Darren Sproles. Um, you gave my lineup away. 
And so Devontae Freeman is going to be a guy that goes overlooked. Uh, I would be shocked if Tevin Coleman played in this game. Uh, If he does play, I mean, the the Falcons have their bye in the following week. I don't think that they're going to push Tevin to play. I think if he does play, he he will be used very lightly. Uh, This is a game that looks like it should stay close. It's actually a pick 'em, according to Vegas. And uh, I think that this should be a big workload game for Devontae Freeman. Mm Um, and the Eagles have not been great in run defense recently over their last five games, including a game where they played the Giants who can't run the ball on anyone. Uh, they're giving up almost 4.6 yards per carry. You know, they run that wide nine defense right. and they, they leave themselves gaps. They, they rely heavily on their linebackers to make plays. And I think the Falcons will be able to split gaps against them, create some alleys, create some running lanes. The Falcons have a really good offensive line and a really good running game in general. Um, Devontae Freeman didn't have a big game last time out. You know, it it was a game where like Teron Ward essentially ended up getting the whole fourth quarter uh, because it it was such a, the game tilted so much in the Falcons favor. Uh, But I think that this game should stay close and Devontae Freeman should have, a huge workload. Right. He is, even when Tevin has been in there, he has dominated the scoring position position usage, and he's the better receiver of the two. Tevin Coleman has more big play ability in the passing game, but Devontae Freeman is a better receiver. Uh, and I think that this is an awesome spot for Devontae and- Freeman, obviously in season long, and he'll be way less owned than he should be in daily fantasy and you mentioned that it should be a close game and and vegas agrees with you and and vegas even points to a huge over under the largest of the week right now so that's kind of the perfect um formula for success for a running back right if it's a close game plus a high over under so especially for an all-purpose back like Devontae freeman you know like you want like eric blunt in games where the patriots are going to be winning by two touchdowns right you want Devontae freeman in a game where it's going to be back and forth and close. Let's move on to the Patriots. Um, They're at home this week against Seattle. Uh, And a lot of people are worried about the Seattle defense, right? How will Tom Brady fare? How will Rob Gronkowski fare? Um, Evan, Julian Edelman has not fared well since Tom Brady has come back. Um, Somewhat surprisingly, honestly. But you are um, optimistic about his weekend against the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, he's seen a ton of targets. I, I, I don't think he's done that terrible. I mean, he hasn't been, like, ripping the cover off, but he had nine catches in one game. Last game he scored a TD. He's just you not know, a it, consistent it, wide receiver 24 is what I meant. If, like, they had, if they had a, you know, I mean, if they had some sort of, like, chemistry issue with, with Brady coming back, and they had the, the bye week to work on that, if there was an issue with Edelman's foot because he's been limited in mm-hmm. practice, he had the bye week to get over that. The way historically, and the Patriots and Seahawks have played twice since 2012, and, I mean, it's it has just been heavy passing game volume for the, for the Patriots. Uh, Brady had 58 attempts in the first game, and he had 50 attempts in the other game. Uh, and, and Wes Welker went off uh, in the first game, and Julian Edelman went off in the second game. So I think that the Patriots' game plan is usually more predictable than I think people bill it to be, and I think it's especially predictable in this game. They're going to come out throwing the ball quick passes uh, to their interior receivers and just beat up on that cover three in the middle of the field. And we saw what Robert Woods did to um, 
to the Seahawks in their last game. Jeremy Lane, their slot corner, has started to struggle. He had a little bit of a rough game a uh, couple games before against Larry Fitzgerald, uh, and Robert Woods beat him up pretty good on Monday night. Uh, and there should be a lot of matchups like that for Edelman, um, who's just he, he's he's a tough guy to cover, and the, the usage has been there. So I, I'm I'm not worried about Julian Edelman mm-hmm. really at all as a player. I think that he will be, he and Gronk, and to a little bit lesser extent Martellus will be the the focal points of the Patriots game plan in a game where I think that they could throw 50 times. Um, Calvin Benjamin had a great start this season, obviously, um, but it's really slowed down in the last few weeks. I mean, this passing attack for the Panthers, maybe outside of Greg Olson, and that's about it. Uh, But now he has the Kansas City Chiefs, Evan, obviously at home as well. And the Chiefs have allowed 10 touchdowns to wide receivers this year. Um, How do you feel about KB this weekend? Always like to use wide receivers against the Chiefs. And people get worried about Marcus Peters, uh, but he only plays on one side of the field. I mean, I was on Allen Robinson last week. Um, and I'm going to be on Kelvin Benjamin, who's in basically the exact same spot. There is like a funnel situation that is caused because Eric Berry will take away your tight end. And I think it could be a slower game for Greg Olson, but I think it could be a monster game for KB against Philip Gaines. Uh, Obviously a big size advantage. Kelvin Benjamin has been not with the monster games, but He's been consistent. I mean, he's got 70-plus yards and or a touchdown in seven of eight games. The only really bad game that he's had was that game against Atlanta uh, where he just kind of got locked up on Desmond Trufant. I think Cam has a really good game. I think that this Chiefs defense is severely, severely overrated. They they don't rush the passer well. They rush the passer well in one game against the Colts in Week 8, and everybody rushed the passer well against the Colts. They don't stop the run. I think the Panthers' offense really gets it going this week. I love Cam, and I think that if you want to play Cam, uh, you you stack him with Kelvin Benjamin yeah. in Daily Fantasy. Um, let's flip on the other side of the ball. How about Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, Travis Kelsey, what does he look like up against the Panthers? Who um, I'm not even sure. I mean, I watch them every single weekend. Like, it doesn't seem like that they allow a lot of receptions to tight ends other than I mean I know Lance Kendrick's got his last week but that's just because um whatever his name is Case Keenum just likes to dump it down because he can't do anything else yeah they've given up a lot of big plays though to tight end true yeah um, there was that one to like Vance McDonald that catch and run they missed three tackles there was that one to Kobe Fleener when Luke Keekley got like he went to the wrong direction wrong guy that was in the same spot yeah so I agree with you there absolutely and the, the cover three defenses seem to have problems against tight ends. I mean, the, the way that you would beat the Seahawks for years, or at least that you would get passing game production against them for years, would be with your tight end. Uh, the Falcons have gotten shredded uh, by tight ends ever since, ever since Dan Quinn, you know, the old Seahawks DC, went there. Um, and the Panthers have given up big plays to tight ends. Um, and the, Jeremy Macklin is not going to play this week. And the Chiefs, I doubt. I mean, no one can run the ball right now on the Panthers. No one. I mean, right. David Johnson couldn't run the ball on the Panthers. Todd Gurley hasn't been able to run the ball against anyone, but he couldn't run the ball you know, at home against a road-tripping across-the-country Panthers defense either last week. So in order for the Chiefs to move the ball this week, I think we we could see like a 10 to 12 target game for Travis Kelsey 
Um, I think that he like has a chance to finish as the number one overall fantasy tight end this week. It's just a really good situation for him. And I think the wide receiver is a little bit interesting, too, for hmm. Kansas City. With no Macklin there, we got Tyreek the free kill. Um, we got uh, Chris Conley, who last year when Jeremy Macklin missed week seven with a concussion, he had seven targets, turned him into six catches for over 60 yards and a TD. And then Albert Wilson, who uh, led them in targets last week. I'm, I'm not really sure who to pick among those wide receivers. I think right. that Tyreek Hill is like the most fun play, um, but I think that Chris Conley might be the best play of those three guys. I don't know. I mean, you're a Panthers fan. Who do you think fan out is of those strong. chief receivers? Fan is strong. I'm a viewer. Okay, well, you, you watch him every week. Yes. Um, so I – like you, Evan, I'm a big fan of James Bradbury. Let's put it that way. And we know yes. he's back, and he played last week, and he obviously is the Panthers' top corner. Um, but we do know that this team, like we mentioned with the tight ends to start, are giving up um, big plays. They have all season. And I would say Tyreek Hill is the best big play threat of those three. Um, Ooh, I like that. Well, Conley, Conley, Con- can, Conley can get down the field though. as well, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'll say this, though, and, and I know that Shaq Thompson has practiced – in a limited role, but I believe Ron Rivera came out today and said that Vernon Butler had a better practice than Shaq Thompson did. Both are injured, right? So I wouldn't be surprised even if Shaq Thompson's out. So that might even push more to your Travis Kelsey role, right? Because that means more AJ Klein. Um, and, and I, Shaq Thompson's obviously a better player than AJ Klein. Let's put it that way. So yeah. um, if, if Shaq Thompson's out, then I, I would even push more chips in, in your Travis Kelsey situation that you brought, that you brought out. Let's finish out, Evan, with maybe the one, one of the best values on FanDuel this week. Tyrell Williams, obviously the Chargers wide receiver, um, has had a heck of a run in the last few games. Um, only 5,900, I think, on FanDuel still somehow. I don't know, but I'm, I'm down with it, and I'll include it in some lineups. What about you? Uh, Tyrell, I, I think he's one of the easiest plays on FanDuel that there are. I mean, the Chargers tight ends are both a little bit banged up right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not too, I'm not worried about Gates. He'll be out there. I think he's a good fantasy player, but Hunter Henry is coming back from a knee injury. You know, I, they could take it easy on those guys with the bye next week. Travis Benjamin is not going to play. Um, and Tyrell has, I was a little concerned about his health last week. And I talked to one of their beat writers. He expressed concern he said there was concern inside the building about him, but he looked great on Sunday. I mean, yeah. He looked really good. And I don't think that there's that much concern about him anymore, at least not right now. They can get the they can get him rest next week. Can I ask you this question, Evan? Yeah. What how has this Dolphins pass pass defense turned around? Because they've been like really good as of late. Uh did you think that they were that they had slowed down at, at any point? Yeah, I mean, I mean at the they, start of the season, right? They weren't very good. But I just mean the last, what, handful of weeks. Aren't they allowing like 200 passing yards or something and that's it? Oh, the Dolphins. Yeah, the oh, Dolphins. I, I, I thought you meant like the, the, the Chargers had slowed down. No, no, no. I mean, the, I mean the Dolphins' defense. Yeah, so they have played – they have gotten a lot of good luck with their opponents. Okay. They played Ryan Fitzpatrick. They faced Andy Dalton uh, in a game where he only had one touchdown, but A.J. Green had that monster game. And, I mean, the, the Dolphins, you know, the Bengals just didn't really have to do a whole lot. Nugent had, like, nine field goals. They faced Cody Kessler in his first NFL start. 
Um, they faced Roethlisberger in the the road game where he got hurt, mm-hmm. and then in their other games, I mean, they gave up a top four fantasy week to Tyrod Taylor. They gave up a huge game to Mariota, and they gave up a huge game to Garoppolo uh, slash J- Jacoby Brissett. Right. Um, I mean, they have an okay front four. You know, their 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 back end is really bad. I mean, it, and it's just. It's one of the situations. I mean, they lost Rashad Jones, you know. Right. He's, He's their the best, best DB. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just have, haven't have gotten lit up because of their opponents. Because of their opponents. Okay. And they're about to get lit up this week. So take advantage with the low price here in Tyra Williams is what you're saying. I mean, last week, Byron Maxwell could not cover Brandon Marshall without holding him. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just one of those where the eye test matters in looking at the schedule rather than just the numbers, right? So yeah. I, I just thought I would bring it up because just looking at the averages and things, uh, it looks like they're good, but that's why I ask you these questions. Evan, thanks so much, man. And for everyone out there, check out his matchups column. I'm sure you do. But if you have not, what are you doing with your life? Um, you should check it out. It's pretty good stuff. And for everyone tuning in, here comes Rotopat with his rankings. Check it out. Welcome back. Now is Patrick Doherty, who was included in uh, one of the comments slash reviews that I read earlier in the show that Evan gave a compliment to. Um, (laughs) Really? Evan, you still, I mean, not Evan. So Pat, you still have not received a compliment, but you were included kind of in the same time frame as one was given. So maybe that's the closest you'll get from Evan ever. (laughs) Right? He's a, yeah, you know, dad, I call Evan, I call Evan dad. Do you really? No, just, dad, you got to say something nice about me at some point. He he might be my career dad in some ways, if we're going to put it that way. No, Evan's definitely my career mentor, and he says a lot of nice things. He's actually a very, very I, nice, I warm agree. person. I agree. He's, he's the jolly giant. Um, all right, Pat, your rankings are up on now on Roto-World. They will be updated throughout the weekend. Um, I know that's a ton of fun. And... Let's start off with the Washington Redskins quarterback, Kirk Cousins, because that's the most important thing going on in Washington right now. Uh, Their game against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, You have him as quarterback 14. Um, I even think that's a bit high for a passer going up against the Vikings. We know, obviously, the Redskins are among the league leaders in passing offenses so far this season, right? Or just, I guess, offense in general. Um, why why some optimism compared to others around him for Kirk Cousins? By the way, I, I don't get your Washington joke. I just I just stick to sports. So, uh, yes. don't even get it. Yeah, right. but... Um, I, that, that's a anyways, Brett Vandermark special right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Kirk, you know, so clearly the Vikings are a daunting matchup, but the games at home, uh, the Vikings defense has been slacking a little, slackening a little bit each week. It seems like, you know, I think kind of like the burden of how bad the offense has been might be starting to weigh down the Vikings defense because, like, the Vikings defense is still playing really well, but I mean, when your bad offense keeps your defense on the field all the time, which has sort of been happening to them, people are going to rack up yards, they're going to get their volume, and Kirk Cousins, especially at home, when Jordan Reed's healthy, just almost never gets fewer than two touchdowns. So, to me, ranking him in like the fourteen, fifteen range is just—I just to me, it's an 
endorsing the idea of him getting two touchdowns at home, which I think is just very realistic, even against the Vikings. And just kind of everyone else in that, that area of the board, too, is either like Jay Cutler or like Eli Manning, other guys who are kind of in the cousin zone with tough matchups. So it's, it's I could see why people have him lower, and he yeah. could definitely finish lower, but I just think two touchdowns at home is always realistic for Kirk Cousins. Pat, dare I say that this is probably the last time you'll be endorsing some guy in Washington for quite a while? Uh, just, right. We're not, we're not going to talk about any of that. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, Spencer Ware you have as running back nine, uh, and he has a difficult matchup as well. Like, no one is running on the Carolina Panthers. Um, so why do you have – and he's coming off injury as well. Spencer Ware as a top 12 play at running back. Yeah, I mean, this one's a little dicey, too. Uh, Panthers averaging only 3.3 yards per carry, 78 rushing yards per game. So still, by far, one of the best run defenses in the league. But I think too much workload for Spencer Ware. I mean, before his injury shortened game two weeks ago, he was averaging 18 touches for 130 yards from scrimmage. Just unbelievable. And This week, you know, Jeremy Macklin's out, so they're going to have to lean on him even more than usual. And... Vike, or Panthers very stiff against the run, but one a weak spot is they allow an average of six weekly receptions to running backs, and obviously that's where Spencer Ware has been rolling up a ton of his yards from scrimmage. So I think the combination of usage, P- Panthers maybe being a little soft against running back receptions is just mm-hmm. enough to keep him. Basically, when a guy gets the ball as many times as Spencer Ware, it's hard to keep them out of the top 12. Yeah, because volume is king at the position. And I, I'm with you. I think maybe receiving yardage is, is probably his highest total in this game. Um, how about Kristen Michael? Someone who, gosh, like I don't think he's playing poorly. At times, it seems like the Seattle coaches are giving him grief because he's, they don't think he's breaking enough tackles. But it's not like he's been like a consistent running back too all that often. And in fact, Pat, you have him outside of the top 24 running backs up against New England this week as running back 26. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, what can you really do with him at this point? Uh, five carries for one yard last week. I mean, he's surpassed 70, 70 rushing yards once all season. And they keep threatening to get C.J. Procise more involved. The second week in a row, Pete Carroll was very definitive. They're going to get C.J. Procise more involved. And I agree with you. I mean, he, he, seemed, he looks as ex- really, really explosive. I mean, right. he looks like an elite premier athlete that he is, but – he must, you know, he, you know, the knock against him has always been a lack of, uh, I guess what we call it, on-field IQ. And he must be, I don't know, missing cuts, leaving too many yards in the field because there's clearly a disconnect between him and the coaching staff, and it doesn't seem like it's going to improve anytime soon. So he's a guy who you know, maybe in theory should be a running back one, but just it's right. to the point where I don't know how you can trust him as more than like a RB3 flex. Yeah, and, and Zach Whitman pointed this out to me. We know, and you know this from blurbing Pete Carroll and all those guys in Seattle, that they are like the most rah-rah, like let's hype up the competition um, kind of dudes, you know? And, and maybe that's what they're trying to do here is trying to pump him up and see what he can do. But, Pat, all I've got to say is at least their offensive linemen are athletic um, because it's not like they can block anyone. Um, no. <laughs> But at least they're athletic. They're good athletes. Uh, Michael Thomas, uh, a, a arrow straight to my heart. Love Michael <laughs> Thomas. Um, a lot of people are nervous about the Saints skill players. Uh, let's just say receivers because I think the running backs can still eat both of them. Um, but you have Michael Thomas as the top wide receiver 
um, of the Saints going up against the Broncos, slightly ahead of Brandon Cooks and well ahead of Willie Sneed. Why are you most confident in Michael Thomas? I just it's to the point where I feel like his like absolute floor is five catches for sixty yards with like a fifty fifty chance that he's gonna score a touchdown. So he's just got such an amazingly high floor and this seems to get better every week and it's a very concerning matchup, but it's in the you know, the cores field of the NFL as I believe Rebar christened it and Adam Levitan also calls it. So still in you know, this place where, you know, there's running up and down the field, even against good defenses. And the second straight week, the Broncos are going to be missing a keep to So I just think that, yeah, I just, I don't see him catching fewer than five passes. And when he catches five passes, I don't see him having fewer than 50 or 60 yards. So I just think the floor justifies betting on his upside, even in a tough matchup like this. I've answered this question four times today. Um, how I feel about Drew Brees. How do you feel about Drew Brees this week? I mean, Drew Brees, he only, he only had one touchdown at home against the Seahawks, but I mean, Drew Brees is at home. I mean, he's getting three touchdowns more weeks than not. And I feel like I'm just a minimum of two. And I, is Drew Brees going to get fewer than 250, 275 yards at home? Probably not. So I just think it's just how I just can't bet against Drew Brees at home unless he's playing the 85 Bears, Ravens. I just can't. I just can't do it. Let's close out with a, another wide receiver. Uh, J.J. Nelson, obviously the Cardinals, was inserted as a starter um, in those three wide receiver sets that they use. And in fact, he's seeing more snaps over the last few weeks than John Brown. Um, you have J.J. Nelson as wide receiver 32 going up against the porous San Francisco 49ers defense. And you rank him ahead of John Brown. Are you confident in that? I, I'm not 100% confident in that. It's kind of a coin flip between him and John Brown. How dare you be honest? <laughs> he was definitely playing the best heading into the Cardinals' bye. Uh, 11 catches for 163 yards over his final two games for the bye. Eight eight catches and 79 yards for two touchdowns in the final game for the bye. And you know, he's got Bruce Arians hyping him up. He's been making the most big plays in that receiver core. And like you said, the 49ers you know, get all the quote unquote credit for having the worst run defense, but probably not enough credit for having a similarly awful pass defense. I mean, at least they're consistent. Can, yeah. I mean, nothing can be as bad as the run defense, but they're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to receivers. So just the matchup combined with Arians' comments combined with his recent play. I just feel like he has the slight edge in that receiver core and uh, not afraid to fire him up as a wide receiver three. Uh, Pat, I hope you have a wonderful weekend and thank you so much for joining me football's back football's fun uh pat uh thanks so much and i will talk to you next week my pleasure josh and for everyone listening thank you for listening and if you like us subscribe if you really like us you should rate and review evan silva might just give you a compliment and until next week really tuesday when i'm on with raymond summerlin talk to you soon good luck